Blog Talk Radio. Huh? I got him. I made you one. I don't know what I've done with it. I didn't find it over here. But... Let me see if I got it over here, sister. Okay. Yeah, I got it right here. That is yours. This is yours. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Get us one of these one of these all American hymnals. And if you would join me in standing and we're gonna sing this morning. Three hundred and thirty one, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. The trumpet call obey, for to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. He that our men now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength uphold. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Amen. Praise God. Good to be here on this Sunday morning. Good to see so many visitors with us today. Amen. That's a blessing. We got folks out, and, and it's good to have new faces here this morning, and we just thank God for you and pray that God will bless you this morning. And... uh we're going, we're going to take up our offering here in just a minute, but before we do, we're going to take prayer requests. If you've got a prayer request, be sure to mention, and we'll we'll go to the Lord for about that. Anybody? I had one this morning. Uh, a lady that I walked with, her daughter had went to the doctor, and she had an injury from playing sports in school. But this morning she texted me a number of them. They were on the way to the ER, so she had a 
sore throat and she couldn't breathe and she was kind of wondering if she's having an re- allergic reaction to this medicine that they put her on. Mm. Either that or she was getting stressed. So, so just remember the children's family. All right. All right. Y'all remember to pray for Mama? She's uh, still recovering from her knee replacement surgery. And uh, she told me this morning, it's the first day she's had any swelling or sore, real bad soreness, but she was having a hard time getting around this morning, and I know she probably wanting to go to church up there. So y'all please pray for her. Um, I'd ask for prayers for a family, uh, family friend passed away this morning, good friend of mine from growing up in childhood in the same church together, and, and uh, he, he's, his life just fell apart, and he's, and he's gone this morning. So... Uh, that's heavy on my heart. Pray for me as I preach this morning. Um, let's see. Any other prayer requests this morning? Have you heard anything from Brother Lucas' mother? I have not. I sure haven't. I hadn't heard a word. Yeah, it's been a busy weekend. I, I'll try to do that today. Anybody else? Anything? Yes, Miss Charlotte. Okay. All right. When we talk about it on the way over here. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I pray for you too. Stephanie's starting to get into the um, ain't got no energy phase. So, and I know. Well, I know, but it's get it's getting worse. It's getting worse. It's, she's about halfway through pregnancy, so uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm not gonna say any more. But anyway, I had a thought go through my mind, but better judgment prevailed. <laughs> Amen. I know. That's, that's right. Amen. But anyway, let's let's go to God in prayer. Anybody else before we pray? Listen, there's power in prayer. Amen. You can't do nothing. You can't do nothing about your problem really till you pray. But once you pray, then you got God on the case. Amen. All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's ask God to bless the prayer request and bless the offering. Brother Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You can be seated. Let's go ahead and turn to 347, 347 in that same book, Wonderful Words of Life. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see. Wonderful words of life, words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. 
life. Christ the blessed one gives to all wonderful words of life. Sinnerless to the loving call, wonderful words of life. All so freely given, wooing us to heaven. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Sweetly echo the gospel call. Wonderful words of life. Offer pardon and peace to all. Wonderful words of life. Jesus only Savior. Sanctify forever. Beautiful words. Wonderful words. Wonderful words of life. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Amen. And I thank God for my Bible. Amen. Wonderful words of life. All right. 200, I'm sorry, 365, 365. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace. To trust him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust his cleansing blood, just in simple faith to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Yes, tis sweet to trust in Jesus, just from sin and self to cease, just from Jesus simply taking life and rest and joy and peace. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust him, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Amen. Number 370, 
number 370, I need thee every hour. Amen, and we do. We fool in ourselves if we say we don't. We need him all the time. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like thine can be afford. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. I need thee every hour. Stay thou nearby. Temptations lose their power when thou art nigh. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour in joy or pain. Come quickly and abide, or life is vain. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. I need thee every hour, most holy one, oh, make me thine indeed, thou blessed Son. I need thee, oh, I need thee, every hour I need thee, oh, bless me now, my Savior, I come to thee. Amen. Oh, if we just come to him, he's got all answers we need. Amen in everything. Amen. Glad that didn't happen in the middle. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now and then an old friend of mine I've not seen for some time Will stop by and ask me Where you been? What's on your mind? They wonder why I'm not drinking And out painting this old town red I tell them I'm serving Jesus now And the old man is dead They look a lot the same And I may wear the same old clothes Still got the same old name But you're looking on the outside 
If you could see inside instead, you would see a brand new man, cause the old man is dead. I used to live such a wicked life, I had no hope inside. I was bound in darkness Looking for the light Then one night in a little church After hearing what the preacher said I put my faith in Jesus And the old man is dead The man you see before you may look a lot the same. And I still wear the same old clothes, still got the same old name. But you're looking on the outside, if you could see inside instead. You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead You're looking on the outside If you could see inside instead You would see a brand new man Cause the old man is dead Tell you, you don't know how true that is with me. Most of you. You didn't know me back then. But I'll tell you something. God has done a dramatic change in my life. I'm not what I used to be, praise God. By the Because of Christ, I'm not what I used to be. And praise God, I'm not what I will be. Amen. Praise God, someday I'll, I'll be perfect. I'm not yet. Amen. You can ask my wife. She'll tell you that, but. But uh, I tell you what, I sure want to be. I want to be like Christ, amen? All right. Well, it's good to be with you this morning, and I'm glad that we got visitors here this morning. <clears throat> it's good to have It's good to have my friend, Brother Wally Langford. Y'all have heard me talk about him. <laughs> Hold your hand up. I think they've probably done seen you, but anyway. <clears throat> but uh, me and Brother Wally have been friends for a good many years, and... and uh, and I, I love him like a brother. He's 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 a good good friend. But uh, I'm so glad he got to be here with us this morning. This morning we're gonna we're gonna continue on in our study on uh, getting to know Jesus. And and for those of you who hadn't been here and hadn't heard me preach and you don't really know anything about what I'm gonna talk about, I'm just gonna have to give you a little bit of background on it. Um, we've been following the life of the Lord Jesus Christ all the way from when. He was in the, the womb of Mary. We've, we've followed him throughout his ministry. We've followed him all the way up to the temple for the very last time. He, he, spent, that, he spent that last week, or the last couple days, rather, um, in the temple being tried by the uh, 
the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, by the, the chief priests and the high priests and the scribes, they've all come at him trying to show that he was not the Messiah. Very much, as Spurgeon put it, like, like the Passover lamb would be shut up and would be inspected again and again and again and again to prove that it was without spot or stain. Jesus Christ, even though these men didn't realize what they were doing, they were doing that very thing with the Lamb of God. They were trying to prove him to be faulty, but he was not. The very last time that Jesus walked out of that temple, he said to them, he said, your house is left unto you desolate. In other words, this is all over. This is empty. This all has no more meaning. He was about to go, and he is about to go, in our, in our teaching, in our, in, our, in our sermon series. He's about to head to Calvary. Very close, just a, uh, just a matter of a day or a day and a half from Calvary. And so he left out of the temple after saying, Your house is left unto you desolate. And he went with his disciples up, to a, up on the Mount of Olives to a, to a level place, and he sat down. And, and they began to look over the, the temple, which is right down there before them. And, and the disciples began to say, but, but Jesus, look at, look at all the buildings. They, they didn't understand what he was saying. They didn't get it. They, they were saying, look at, look at all these beautiful temples. And he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, there won't be one stone left on another. Well, that happened in AD 70 when Titus and the Romans came in and sacked Jerusalem. Okay? But his disciples asked him three questions. said, what, when shall these things be? And he talked about that. Again, he talked about the destruction of Jerusalem and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world. And we have gone through talking about these things, and I know that there's a lot of information that I cannot cover in 35 minutes, so I'm not going to try to cover all of it. But let me just say this to you. The Lord Jesus Christ, his church, his church is waiting on one event. And that is the catching away, the, call, the calling away, or the rapture of the church. The Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. He's coming back for his own who have believed on his shed blood for their salvation. And it could happen at any time. We have nothing left to be fulfilled in order for us to be gone and out of here. It could happen before I finish this message this morning. <clears throat> now, having said that, there are some things that are going to take place. As soon as the Lord's church is gone and out of here, they are going. The, there, there will be the man of sin. The Bible talks about over in Second Thessalonians that he will be revealed. That is the Antichrist, the beast, if you will, and he will he will at that time rise to power. He is going to make a covenant with Israel. They are going to make a covenant with him, and and the third temple will be rebuilt. The priests will begin sacrificing in the temple again. The Jews will go back to their Old Testament worship. And they will, they will, for three and a half years, they will have a sense of peace, but it's a false peace. After three and a half years, under the, under the rule of the Antichrist, that Antichrist will then set up in the temple of Jerusalem his image. And at that time, they will come to the realization, oh no, we have fallen for it again. At that time, that's what's called the abomination of desolation when it's set up in the temple. 
at that at that time, all of the, all of the promises that were made are going to all come unwound on them. At that time, there'll be 144,000 young Hebrew males who will go, and they will, and they're out of the 12 tribes of of Israel. There's going to be 12,000 out of every tribe, and they're going to go and start preaching the gospel of the kingdom all over. And people will then. There will be people who will believe during this time. There's seven years of tribulation that are going to take place. There are three and a half. It's called the tribulation. And the last three and a half is called the time of great tribulation. Beyond that three and a half years, when that abomination of desolation, when that idol is set up in the temple, from that time forward, God is going to pour out his judgment upon this earth like has never been poured out before. I think we could probably look back on Sodom and Gomorrah and say, well, maybe a little bit of it. But, but I'm going to tell you, the things that are going to take place on this earth, I, I, I'm thankful to God that I'm a, I'm a believer. I'm thankful to God that I know I'm a part of the church, and I know that I'm going up when the Lord comes. Amen? He's coming the first time. He's not coming all the way down. He's coming in the clouds, and he's going to take away his church, and we're going up to be raptured up with him, to be, be caught up in the clouds, and we're going to ever be with the Lord, the Bible tells us. So that last during that time of seven years of tribulation... God is pouring out his judgment upon the Jews for their rejection of Christ. That is a judgment upon the nation of Israel. At the end of that time, at the end of that time period, Christ is coming. Amen? Christ is coming back. He's not coming in the clouds and stopping and taking his church. His church is with him. When he comes back that second time, He is coming to this earth. When he comes to this earth, he will establish his kingdom in Jerusalem. He will sit on the throne of David, and he will rule for a thousand years on this earth. But between that time of tribulation and between between the beginning of that thousand-year period, which we know is the millennium, there's another judgment to come, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. You say, boy, this is some over-my-head stuff. No, it's not really. It's not really. Listen, God is going to judge sin, period. Amen? He judged my sin already. If you're saved here this morning, he judged your sin. You say, where did he judge that? He judged that on the cross of Calvary. Amen? That's where my sin was judged. My judgment was put upon Jesus Christ when God the Father turned his back on Jesus and left him dying there on the cross. He became the sin of the world. He took the weight of the sin of the world on him, and he bore that for me. He bore that for you. He bore that for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl who's ever drawn a breath on this earth and ever will. Amen. Now, listen, I thank God for that. Praise God. I'm saved because of that. If you're not saved, get saved. Christ died for you. The Bible said he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What does repentance mean? It means my way's wrong. My way's going to take me to hell because I have, I have to pay for my sins. The only way I can escape that is if Jesus Christ pays it for me. And he already has. It's the gift of God. And all that I must do is put my faith and believe upon that fact that Christ died for me. Amen. I can have salvation in that. You can have salvation in that. Amen. So, Having said all that, beyond those seven years of tribulation, right before Christ's millennial kingdom is set up, we're going to find ourselves in the Scripture. 
I want you to turn in your Bible to Matthew 25, 31 through 46. We'll read those scriptures, we'll pray, and we'll look at five things and we'll go to the house, all right? Make a deal with you. Five things, we'll go to the house. <laughs> Amen. It might take an hour, but we're going to look at five things. <laughs> Amen. All right. Matthew 25, beginning verse 31. If you found that, say amen. Amen. If not, just look intelligently at the page where you're at, and we won't know the difference. Matthew 25, beginning verse 31. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and you gave me meat, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the, the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungered and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before your throne this morning, and Lord, we, we plead with you for Holy Ghost power. We plead with you, Lord, for your presence. Lord, I beg that you come and move and and work in our midst. Father, I pray you stir around hearts. Lord, I pray you convict. I pray, Lord, you encourage. And Lord, I pray whatever the need might be, Lord, you know, Holy Ghost of God, uh, deal with us. Deal with us. We pray. Lord, we don't want to just come and sit and wait for a few minutes and then go home. Lord, we want to hear from, we want to hear from God today. Lord, I pray that you give me Holy Ghost power. I pray you give me unction. Lord, I need it. I, I can't do it without you, Lord. Forgive my sins, cleanse me, and fill me with your Holy Ghost. I pray, Lord, fill me up and pour me out for the glory of God. Lord, I pray you'd help me to make this as easy to be understood as possible. Lord, we love you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
And again, I, I realize this is not your typical sermon. I realize this is not something you expected probably to come and hear on a Sunday morning, but we're preaching our way through. We're going all the way through until, until after Christ's resurrection, and this is where we find ourselves this morning. And I know God has something in here for us. Listen, I, I fully expect, I, I mean, I don't expect, I know. I know that I will not be present for this judgment. Amen? And the reason I know that I will not be present for this ju- judgment is because, again, like I said, my sins have already been judged. If you're saved here this morning, if you can honestly testify, and I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but if you know if you're saved or not. Amen? There's no mystery. If your sins have been forgiven, you know your sins have been forgiven. If Christ lives in you, you know he lives in you. Amen? If God is your Father, you know he's your Father. And if that's the case, my friend, you will not face this judgment. But let me say to you this morning, if you are lost without Jesus Christ, if you are not saved, and, and listen, and, and you make it somehow through those seven years of tribulation, and you make it somehow, and you get saved, you, you trust Christ as your Savior during those seven years, then you have to endure all the things that are going to go on during that time period. Amen? You'll either do that or you'll lose your life for Christ's sake. That, and you'll be called a martyr at that point. But let's just say, for example, you make it and you somehow escape all of the, the patrols that are looking for Christians. And believe me, there'll be patrols looking for Christians. They won't be hard to find. They won't have a mark on them. Amen? They won't be hard to find. They'll be hiding out somewhere. They won't be in the city, so they'll be somewhere out hiding in the countryside. There'll be, there'll, be, there'll be plenty of people looking to find them because one thing the devil hates is a believer. And the devil will have full power on this earth to wreak havoc upon all believers. The Bible said he got power to wear out the saints. This is who we're referring to, those who come to know Christ during this seven-year period after the church is gone. Now, listen, we've printed enough gospel tracts. There ought to be plenty of places to find the truth. Amen? There's been plenty of books printed. I guarantee you there'll be an effort to get rid of all the Bibles. There'll be an effort to get rid of all of the literature during that time. But let's just say you make it. This is what you have to look forward to. All right? We're going to look first. I said five things. We're going to look, number one, at the period of this judgment. When does this thing happen and what's going on? Because and I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit of why I'm saying this. There is a belief out there. It's called a general resurrection and a general judgment. It's taught primarily in the Church of Christ. It's taught in some other denominations. And they believe, listen, one day everything's just going to happen all at once. And, 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 and they take this scripture I'm reading from today and they say, well, that's how, the, that's how everybody will be judged. But that's not the case. Not the case at all. They try to compare this to to Revelation chapter 20, the great white throne judgment, but this is not the great white throne judgment. And I'll tell you some reasons why. All right, first thing I see here is the appearing of Jesus. Verse 31 in our text, the Bible says, when the Son of Man, I like that, Jesus refers to himself as that. He loves that title, amen. You know why it connects him with us, amen. He's the King, he's the Prince of Peace, he's all those things. He's the Son of God, but he uses the title Son of Man, amen. I thank God he came to earth and he tasted death for every man. He bore the penalty of sin for every man, amen. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. 
Okay? That tells us the scene. Let me tell you what there isn't no mention of. There isn't no mention of the resurrection. Amen? That great white throne judgment, which is in Revelation 20. Listen, all the unsaved dead, they're going to come. They're going to be brought there. Amen? There's no mention of a resurrection here. There's no mention of a catching away. There's no mention of him coming in the clouds. All of those things happen at different times, but that's not this. And another thing I see here is that all of the holy angels come with him. Can you imagine? Think about that. Someday, listen, Christ is coming. It doesn't mention it here, but guess who's coming with him? All of us. Amen. Hey, listen, he'll be on a white horse. His vesture will be dipped in blood. On his thigh will be written uh, uh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's coming back on that white horse. Amen. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit will proceed out of his mouth and he'll smite the enemies. At that time, all of the nations of the world are going to come to destroy Israel because they, they want to get rid of them once and for all. All the nations of the world are going to come and they're going to gather to destroy Israel. And right in the middle of that, when Satan thinks, I've got them now, the clouds are going to part. Christ is coming on that white horse. All of us, who are saved and have been with him in heaven ever since we've been caught up together in the clouds to meet him in the air. Listen, all of us will have our own white horse and we come in with him. And not only that, but every angel in heaven is coming too. Think about that. We can't comprehend that, can we? But I can tell you this, there's more angels than you can count. They're ministering spirits. They're coming to do the work of the Lord, to do His will and do His bidding, and to deal with every single person that's on this earth. They'll go, listen, they're going to gather them from every corner of the world and bring them to the valley of Jehoshaphat to be judged of the Lord. That judgment will happen on earth. It won't happen in the clouds. It won't happen in heaven. It won't happen in outer space. It'll happen right here on the earth. Amen. That's my second point. I'm already jumping ahead. Amen. In the place of this judgment. Another thing I see that it doesn't mention here are books. The Lamb's Book of Life is not mentioned. The Book of Life is not mentioned. There are no books opened. Amen. The judgment of Christ is not based on that in this, in this instant. It takes place after Christ is on his throne. In Jeremiah 23rd chapter, in the fifth verse, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. So this is a judgment of the nations. Amen? God is going, Christ is going to judge the nations that remain on this earth, everybody that's still alive who somehow escaped destruction, which is going to come. Listen, there's going to be so many people killed on this earth, it's just unbelievable how many people will die during all of the things that are going to happen on this earth. There'll be hailstones of fire that'll fall during that tribulation that'll weigh over 100 pounds each falling onto this earth. Waters turned to blood, poisoned waters, uh, scorched earth, Creatures 
with the face of a human and a hair of a lion, a mane of a lion, and the tail of a scorpion that'll sting people and they'll wish to die, but they won't be able to die. Listen, there, there are going to be things that we couldn't, we can't even comprehend that are going to take place during that time. Disease, disease everywhere. Survival, just survival during those seven years will seem impossible. But those who do, at the end of that time, they come to be judged. We look, number three, at the people of this judgment. The Bible says in verse 32 of our text, And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. We've heard him talking about the separating the wheat from the tares, the righteous from among the just the sheep from among the goats. We're looking at it here, folks. This is what this is. Listen, it says, before him shall be gathered all nations. I want you to understand, they're not going to say, well, here's the United States of America. We're judging America right now. Oh, here we're judging France next, or we're judging Germany next. That's not what it means when it says all nations. The word, the actual Greek word, can be translated Gentile. Every single person who's left alive on the earth. You say, well, what about the Jews? They've already had their judgment. God's already judged them. So this is everybody else. This is every single person left beside the Jews on the earth, and God's judging them. Every individual will be judged. Amen? Not based on what anybody else did, but based on their own selves. You say, what, what kind of a judgment is this? Well, the Bible talks about it over in Joel. In Joel chapter 3, 1 and 2, the Bible says, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and I will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat, and I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. I mean, it's really a wonder. Like I said, it's a wonder that anybody survives. But you see there, hear, you hear what he says, what he's going to judge them about? He said, I'm going to plead with them there for my people, for Israel. Matthew twenty four twenty two. He said, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days should be shortened. If God didn't if it was only if it was more than seven years, there might not be anybody left. God is God is gonna God is going God is going to uh, to cut it off in seven years so that there'll be anybody left. So what is going to be done at this judgment? Well, I tell you what's going to be done. The oppressor of God's chosen people will be judged. America has been on Israel's side so far. Amen. We've been on Israel's side ever since she came back together. Amen. Ever since she became a nation. But listen, there are people right now running for president in this country who hate Israel. There are, there are some, some Congress women. In, in Congress who hate Israel. 
They look at Israel as terrorists. I'm going to tell you, it would be a dangerous thing we elect a president in this nation who's not for Israel. Amen. You say, but wait a minute. Those Israelites over there, they don't believe in on Christ. <coughs> they are wicked people. They're just like us. Amen. They're all, hey, listen, they, they let the sodomites parade up and down their streets. They got no problem with the sodomites. Amen. Listen, they're just as wicked as, as, as people are in America. But that's not the point. The point is that's God's chosen people. Whether we, whether we look at them with favor, or with, with, with favor or not, listen, just because we, we, we see that they're not following Christ, listen, that's still God's chosen people. And God said in Genesis 12, 3, whether we like it or not, and I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. <coughs> I want us to see that there are three groups here at this judgment. There's the sheep, there are the goats, and thirdly, there are the brethren. Let me just let me just quickly say to you the sheep who are referred to in this judgment, the sheep are Gentiles who have been saved during the tribulation period, following the rapture of the church before the second coming. These have believed on Christ as their Messiah. And not only have they believed on Christ, they have befriended the Jews and have survived the Holocaust that the beast is waging on all believers. Amen? They have befriended the Jews. You say, well, why did they befriend the Jews? Because the Jews have converted to Christ. And so they have banded together. Listen, they're going to have to if they're going to survive. They're going to have to help one another survive during that time. They have banded together with, what, with the believing Jews to survive. And then he addresses a second group. He addresses the goats, those on his left hand. People alive at the close of the tribulation period that have not believed the gospel message are the goats. <coughs> they didn't believe God's people when those 144,000 began to witness of Christ. They rejected truth, plain and simple, and they're lost. They're lost without God. <coughs> they've taken part or they've gone along with the persecution and the death of many Jews and Gentile believers. And that day and time, fathers will turn on their sons. Sons will turn on their fathers. Daughters will turn on their mothers. Mothers will turn on their daughters. Anybody, they can, they can turn in to get the heat off of them. <coughs> when it comes down to life or death, people without God, listen, I'll sell you out for whatever I got to to survive. Amen. When you have no hope beyond the grave, amen, it's all about this life right now and all you can get out of it right now. That's the way people live today. They live for this world and the things of this world. They care not for the things of God. All right. <clears throat> There's a third group that's mentioned. 
That's called the brethren. You say, who in the world are the brethren? Well, the brethren are the Jews. Why are they there? Well, they've already been judged. I'll tell you why they're there. They're there to be a witness for the sheep and against the goats. The fourth thing I want us to see is the purpose of the judgment. The purpose of this judgment, number one, is, is, is clarification. Amen? And, and, and before him, verse 32, shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as the shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Listen, there won't be any confusion in that day. Listen, today, listen, today people come to church, they can sit in the pew, they can sing, hold a songbook in their hand, they can smile, shake hands, and leave out of here, and, and everybody be convinced, oh, they must be a Christian. You can fake it while you're in here amongst God's people. Amen. And you're going out in the world and you just live like God doesn't matter. Listen, there's lots of people doing that. There's plenty of people doing that, pretending to be something they're not. Listen, on that day, there won't be any confusion. God's going to clarify it right there. He's going to say, you over here, you over here, you over here. There ain't no middle ground in that day. You either are his or you're not. Amen? Again, like I said, you may have people fooled down here right now, but there won't be no fooling anybody in that day. <clears throat> Part of it is clarification. Christ won't be fooled. He knows everything about you. He knows your thought life. He knows every thought you ever thought in your life. He knows every deed you've ever done. Amen? And still, and still, he loved you enough to die for your sins. And still. Amen? The Bible says while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen? We don't get better to come to him. Listen, we come to him like the song says, just as I am. Why, was it, why is there this judgment of the nations? Number one, like I said, for clarification. Secondly, for commendation. Listen, God, God's not against giving glory where glory's due. Oh, no, he'll, he'll do that. Verse 34 through, four, uh, 30, 34 through 36, the Bible says, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hunger, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, in verse 40 he said this, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Listen, those during that time period who are trying their best to help others to stay alive and survive during that time period, who are trying their best to serve God under the threat of death constantly, they listen, those are the ones he's talking to. You say, when, well, what is he talking about? Naked and, and, and sick and all that. Listen, during that time, there's going to be horrible famine. There's going to be horrible conditions. People are going to have to just just scrape to live every day. It's going to take it's going to take believers caring for one another and loving and helping one another. And you don't do that if you don't love Christ. God's going to give them credit. Amen. In Acts chapter nine, 
Verses 1 through 5, the Bible talks about, talks about Saul on that road to Damascus, amen, when Saul became Paul that day. And the Bible says, And Saul yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way or those who were believers in Christ, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth. And he heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Now hold on a minute. What did it say in the in chapter in, in the verse in verse one? It says he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord. Jesus said to him, When you're doing that to them, you're doing that to me. Amen. When that listen, those during that during that tribulation period who are going to hunt down believers and have them turned into the authorities to be killed. Listen, it's just as if they were crucifying the Lord again. In his eyes, he said, they're doing that to me. Amen? But those who are helping who are helping them and giving them food and water and clothing and shelter and, and visiting them and comforting them in prison, Jesus said, it's just as if you were doing it to me. And his judgment is based on their actions. So it leads us to the the third part of that, which is condemnation, not 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 commendation, but condemnation. Oh, he's going to look at those on his left hand, and he's going to say unto them, "Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire." I, I feel bad for people who get all this mixed up. I got a guy that live, owns a property right across the road from me, and he's in another denomination. And he said to me one time, "Well, oh, I hope he says well done to me, and not." Depart from me, you curse. Listen, he ain't going to say that to us if we're saved. Amen? Listen, you get your theology all mixed up. You don't know what the Bible says. It's good to know. Listen, the Bible says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If you don't know who Christ is speaking to and what it's about, you get you like a termite in a yo-yo. You don't know one of them, what's up and what's down. We need to understand these things. My point this morning is to avoid confusion on your part. He told him, he said, listen, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me to drink. When I was a stranger, you didn't take me in. I was naked, you didn't visit me. I mean, you didn't cover me with clothes. I was in prison, you didn't visit me. And they said, when did all these things happen? He said, when you did, when you did not do it to the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. And the last point, number five, look at the principles of this judgment. Now, I noticed something here. There is an emphasis on works. There is a big emphasis on works. You say, well, wait a minute. I didn't realize that works is a part of salvation. Well, they're not. Works are not the grounds for salvation anywhere in the Scriptures. It's believing on Christ. You say, what about repentance? Isn't that turning to God? Listen, you couldn't turn if God didn't give you the grace to turn. Amen? You, couldn't, you can't turn from God. You're lost without him. Amen? Listen, I, I can hear the gospel, but it's the gospel that turns me. 
It's, it's, it's the understanding that God gives me when God opens my understanding and shows me that my way is leading me to hell. And my sins are going to damn me to hell for all eternity. And God's the one who, who enlightens my darkness and shows me that. I can't see that without Him. And when He does, and I realize that my way is heading me straight for eternal punishment, damnation in hell, then I, I realize then God gives me the light to see that. And I turn to Him. I don't have the strength to turn without He gives me that. And I turn to Him and I see that Jesus Christ has died for me and he's been buried and he's rose from the grave and that's my gift that God wants to give me. He wants to give me that gift of salvation. And all I can do is come and, and throw myself down at his mercy and, and thank him for that salvation and accept it as my own. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for my Savior. Listen, it's not of works. The Bible says for by grace, God's grace, that means God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace stands for. Amen? It all came through Christ. I didn't do it. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. If we had anything to do with it, we'd strut all over heaven and say, well, I deserve to be here. I did a lot of good things when I was down there. If anybody... Y'all heard Mike Bloomberg, right? I know you have. You're sick of his commercials. Amen? I'm sick of his commercials. You know what that joker said? He said, if, if anybody, he said, if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to have to fill out no paperwork. I'm going straight in. I've earned that. That's what he said. Somebody needs to boot him somewhere else. Works, listen to me and hear what I'm about to say. Works are not the grounds for salvation. Works are the evidence of salvation. Amen? That's what James was talking about over there when he's talking about that. Faith without works is dead. A, a, a faith that doesn't generate works isn't doing anything. Works come because we're saved. Salvation produces works. Works cannot produce salvation. So let's get right down to it, the basis of this judgment. The sheep have demonstrated their faith by befriending the Jews and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are ushered into his kingdom, and he says, Welcome, and it's all yours. The goats who have rejected the message, they rejected the messenger, and they rejected the Messiah, they'll be gathered like sticks and burned. But how does this relate to us right now? How does it relate to us? Well, I turn to 1 John 3, 14 through 18, and I'll share this with you and we're closing. The Bible says we know that we have passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. That's the rest of the saved folks in this world. <laughs> Can I say something to you this morning? I may not agree with every other believer on every little detail. We may butt heads on some things, and that's okay. We can, dis we can have disagreements and still love one another. Hey, me and my wife are proof of that because we disagree on a lot of things, amen, but we still love one another. And I guarantee you, every married couple in here knows it's true, Amen. <laughs> We disagree, but we still love one another. Amen? And you can do that. You can say, well, we'll disagree to disagree because that's not as important as our love for one another. Amen? So listen, 
Bible says if we are saved, if we're his, we pass from death unto life. I'm not going to hell anymore. I'm on my way to heaven, and I know that because I, the evidence of it is that I love the other, my other brothers and sisters in Christ. The Bible says he that loveth not his brother abideth in death. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. No, we won't go to that judgment of the nations if we're saved, but I'm going to tell you something. Christ is just as adamant about us in this day and time loving the brethren. Listen, that's not to say you shouldn't love others that are not saved. We should love them. We ought to love them enough to give them the gospel. We ought to love them enough to care that, that, that they don't go to hell. What a tragic, what a, what, a, what a hatred it is to look at someone and say, I don't care if you go to hell or not. You talk about hatred. But folks, let me tell you something. There's a word that we disguise that with. It's called indifference. And we get so caught up in our material little life that we have that we forget that we are here to be living epistles read by men. You and I bear the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. We bear the marks in our body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're to be always bearing about the body of the Lord Jesus Christ as if we're carrying his crucified body around saying, look who died for you. Look what he did for you. Look at Look at it. Look at it. He did it for you. He died for you. Don't ignore it. Don't go to hell with that knowledge. That's loving others. And those who are saved, those we know who are in Christ with us. Listen, we, we, talked, we started this morning in Sunday school talking about, talking about how not to collapse when everything collapses around you. You know what the central theme was? Loving others. Getting your mind off your own problems and helping someone else. Paul facing death. His last letter was to Timothy and encouraging him to keep going, stirring up the gift of God, keep going for God, working out that unfeigned love that's in him. You and I, if we're saved, we got a love in us that's real, and we need to execute that every day we live, letting others know Christ, the love of Christ lives in me. Amen? So listen. When we are, not, not before him at that judgment, but when we are called up together in the clouds to meet him in the air, oh, we'll go to a different judgment. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. And there we will be judged as to whether or not we loved the brethren. Amen. Let's stand together. Now, Father in heaven, Lord, I pray for these who've heard the message this morning. Lord, I don't know the heart of every man, every woman, every boy and girl in here, but Lord, you do. Lord, you know if you, if, if, Lord, if they're saved or if they're lost. Lord, you know if their eternal destiny is heaven or hell. 
Lord, you also know that the blood of Christ was shed for all. And that salvation is to be had if we'll come and believe and trust and rely and accept Christ. Lord, I pray for each and every soul under the sound of my voice. And I'd ask them all the same question. Are you ready to meet the Lord? Father, I know Christ could come at any moment and leave an empty church or maybe just a few. Lord, I don't know, but you know. And I pray the Holy Spirit of God would work in in the hearts of those who don't know and draw them to, to Calvary, draw them to Jesus, draw them to salvation. Lord, draw them, make them see it where they turn and they believe and they trust Christ. Father, I ask you now, bless the invitation. Lord, bless bless it. And Lord, I pray it it be your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing 382. If God's spoken to you this morning, you need to come and pray. That's what these altars are for. Listen, come and and kneel and pray to the Lord. You need to come and, and do business with God. Today's the day. Now's the time as we sing. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See on the portal, he's waiting and watching, watching for you and for me. Come home, come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home. Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not his mercies, mercies for you and for me? Come home. Come home, ye who are weary, come home, earnestly, tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling, O sinner, come home, amen. He's calling right now, he's calling. But someday that call will stop. And the Savior then becomes the judge. I want I want you to come to him while he's the Savior. I urge you. Amen? I urge you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Amen. Thank you for being here this morning. Glad to have visitors here. Amen. I hope the Lord blessed you this morning. And I hope you'll come back and visit with us again. Amen. We're just trying to serve the Lord. Amen. We just want to to please him. And uh, glad you were here this morning. All right. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? By the way, we'll be back here at 6 tonight. We invite you to come back tonight. We've been doing a study on the Holy Ghost of God. 
and why we need the power of the Holy Ghost in our life every day. Amen. Anybody else? Anything? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll be dismissed, and I look forward to seeing you back here tonight. Brother Wally, won't you dismiss us? Amen. So many times, Lord, I just feel unworthy. And I'm glad for your mercy and kindness, Lord, that you give to us. I pray for this church, Lord. I pray that you for each and every one of them here today, Lord, and whatever it might be, Lord, in their struggles or their battles or even in their victories, Lord, that they give them strength. Lord, we love you, God. Thank you for Brother Brandon, Lord. Father, I just ask God that your will be done in our lives today. Yes. Thank you for traveling mercy up here, Lord. I just ask God this. Again, your will be done in our lives today. Amen. Amen. Amen.